This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Invest Like a Boss podcast. I'm Sam Marks. And I'm Johnny FD. We're self-made entrepreneurs who invest our own money and use modern technology to invest like a boss. Join us each week for exclusive interviews with our network of modern investors, business owners, and multimillionaires to discover new ways to invest our hard-earned cash. Hey guys, this is Johnny FD, and I'm back with Sam Marks for another episode of Invest Like a Boss. Welcome everyone, this is episode 18, and we had Joshua Sharp on to talk about retirement plans. Yes, we did, from Complete IRA. I guess the the interest of this stuff was peaked back in episode 5 with David Steiner, and um, you know, I hadn't really even thought much about my own retirement planning, I guess more because of the situation I'm, I was in, but... After listening to that episode, I started thinking about all the different opportunities that might be available. We knew we had to get somebody on the show uh, that was an expert and could could open our eyes to some of these new instruments used to come up with a better retirement plan for ourselves. Yeah, so to be honest, I'm not that interested in planning my retirement because I plan on working pretty much for the rest of my life. I, I'm not going to actively work, but I'm all about you know having passive income streams. So I know that's still going to come through. And the type of work we do is we enjoy it. So there's no reason why when I'm 65 or even when I'm 70, I, I'm not going to want to log on to my computer um, you know, you know, once a day or once a week and still do something. But what I'm really excited about, and, and this is why I'm so excited to have Josh on the show is he's going to show us a lot of money saving techniques. So even if you're an entrepreneur uh, and you aren't getting paid through a traditional company, so you, you know they don't have a 401k set up for you, they don't have a retirement plan set up for you, he's going to show us ways uh, how we can set up our own individual 401ks and some of the benefits of that versus like a SEP IRA, which I'm in the process of still looking into setting up, and how we can save money on taxes, which to me is exciting. Yeah, I mean, to me, the big the big thing is how to grow an account tax free. So Mitt Romney is the classic case where he made a hundred million dollars tax free in his IRA, and that is very very difficult as a U.S. citizen. I mean, it's difficult to do no matter what, but Americans have very few tax free structures that they can utilize. And this episode is really cool because it's not just relevant to just Americans because. Almost anyone listening to this episode, their governments will have some type of re- retirement plan that they can take advantage of that are really just interchangeable with some of the terms that we use like IRA, 401ks. So if you're from Canada, Australia, the UK, Brazil, you're going to have something that's very similar. So just keep that in mind when you're listening to the episode. Yeah, I really like it how, you know, I think a lot of uh, our listeners <laughs> are getting a bit upset in the boss lounge saying, man, all this is so exciting. You know, all these things uh, sound so legit and I want to it, but I'm from the UK, I'm from Australia, I'm, I'm not from the US, you know, does this still apply to me? And the good news is almost every single time, yes, it's just mm-hmm. a, there's a different vehicle, it's a different name. Uh, so if you guys aren't in the boss lounge yet, go to investlikeaboss.com, click on bonus and you'll, you can see how to join. It's a free Facebook group and there you get access to the other listeners, the, the, the guests, uh, Sam and I, and as well as, you know, just tons of people who are from your country and they can mm-hmm. kind of point you towards the UK version of Wealthfront, for example. 
Right. Yeah, I think only 40% of our audience right now is from the U.S. So there's there's lots of international listeners out there that probably have the same questions you do. So get in there and chat it up. Yeah, and Josh, uh, you know, we're going to ask him uh, what the international alternatives are so this episode is not just gonna be for americans he's gonna touch base kind of for for everyone yeah and everyone stay tuned after the episode johnny and i are gonna chat a little bit about what we may or may not be doing differently after listening to this episode enjoy this episode Alrighty, guys welcome back to another episode of invest like a boss i have josh sharp here josh want to give you a warm welcome to the invest like a boss podcast Thank you very much. I appreciate getting to be here. Yeah, we're uh, really excited to speak with you because we've hardly touched the topic of a retirement planning. We spoke about it in episode five a little bit, and it piqued the interest of a lot of our listeners. So it's it's great timing to have you on to do a deep dive into some of the topics and strategies around retirement planning. And to start, I kind of think we should break it down into as fundamental as terms as possible when it comes to retirement planning. And when I think of retirement's accounts, I guess what immediately comes to mind is uh, IRAs and 401ks, but I didn't know if there's something even more basic that you thought we should start with. Uh, you know, again, for the U.S., right? For the United States, sure. IRAs and 401ks mm-hmm. is, is a great picture. Uh, it's a good way to think about it. Uh, I'd like to, if you are okay, uh, let's break it out for just almost worldwide, right? Because mm-hmm. I know you guys have listeners all over. Uh, and let's talk about that a little bit, and then we can narrow down into the IRA, 401k, and, and all the other acronyms that go with it. I like uh, it. Is that workable? Yeah, absolutely. That'd, okay. be, that'd be great. So, cool. So, big picture, when you're trying to think about retirement savings, what we're really trying to think about is how can we take care of some sort of uh, investment asset or idea now so that it can take care of us in the future decades. Uh, and that's it at its simplest. So with the retirement account under U.S. code and under a lot of other nations, the way that that is achieved is that there's some sort of tax advantage on that money uh, right now. Now, we know the different asset classes get taxed different ways. Mm-hmm. Like in the United States, if you hold an asset less than a year and sell it, generally you're going to be taxed at your income rates and those are higher than, say, a long-term capital gain that was held more than a year. There's a bunch of junk that can involve CPAs that can change, you know, for anybody, uh, their tax situation on a given investment. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to it, we're looking at how do I take something I have right now and, and either let it grow or protect it and have it take care of me later. And so wherever somebody is in the world, uh, you know, the, the first rule would be asset allocation, right? Mm-hmm. They need to, to have some sort of portfolio, some sort of something going on. But I almost want to take that rule, like the number one cardinal rule, and I want to burn it because it doesn't fit for where most people mm-hmm who are entrepreneurs or small business owners are. You know, if I give you $10,000, right, I'm like, okay, here we go. First off, you know, depending upon where you are in the world, adjust that number up or down to me more or less. Mm -hmm. But $10,000 is not an impossible number to save if somebody is trying to, you know, think about a better future. Uh, And whether that represents a month of savings or whether that represents two years, Mm -hmm. they can get to this number. So now I have 10 grand and I give it to Sam. Now, if I live in, you know, Canada, uh, I have a different kind of retirement program and it has different tax advantages and that money could grow in mutual funds or whatever over time. I would say that if I had $10,000 and I wanted it to be a bigger number 20 years from now or even 10 years from now, that the right answer is not to put it into an IRA or Mm -hmm. 401k. 
but to take it and invest in you know in your business, invest right. in a private placement, invest in something where your uh, your talents and your contacts and your uh, innate abilities to touch and feel and have the pulse on it are going to help you more versus mm-hmm. when it's in the market and it's just passive. So while asset allocation is, you know, rule number one, and I totally believe in it when we're talking about $10 million, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or $100 million, mm-hmm. I think it's a whole different thing when we start talking about how do I get started retirement, that, you know, with retirement savings and how do I invest for success. I think that there's this, it's a break that doesn't get talked about uh, you know, everybody's always talking about saving like somehow there's, you know, tens of millions of dollars at stake mm-hmm. when that's not the way to grow it when you're starting. And it's certainly not the way to grow it if you're business minded. Yeah, I like that. I think that's really uh, so good that's advice. My first thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wherever you are in the world, I, I just don't care what the tax advantages are in the retirement account. Make sure that whatever you invest in, especially when you're starting, is something that you, you know, that you understand and you can touch and feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think we talked about it earlier, right? I mean, I have clients that they lease jet engines to regional airlines. How they make money doing that, I have no idea. <laughs> but they do. Something so far out that we would never even think of it. <laughs> right, right. I'm like, they're comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. It makes them money. And so if I went and did that, I'd lose my butt, right? I have no idea what I'm doing with that. But they do. And mm-hmm. so it's good that they're investing there. And it's not a problem that they aren't diversified because for the amount of money that they have, that is where their money should be uh, and they're doing it well. Right. So so that's my, my number one thing. Retirement accounts from the guy that sells them. Hey, let that be the second thing you think about. Uh, <laughs> and so we'll go from there. Great. Uh, so, but, you know, as far as you have one, uh, you know, IRAs, 401ks, they have different aims and different code bases. So it's actually really, that's really cool uh, in each nation. But in the U.S., we'll use this example because I know it the best. An IRA is for a, an individual and all the, the code and rules are aimed at individuals. Mm-hmm. And so it's really, you know, the limits are fairly low. That's the one that's going to be about five grand a year, depending upon your age, and it moves up over time. But, you know, your all the rules are very much, you know, don't screw this up or the entire account is nuked. You know, mm-hmm. don't screw this up or the taxes and penalties are, you know, huge. Uh, literally, you can make an error that is a couple hundred dollar error and the IRS can nuke it. Uh, and, and there's a case where this happened. It was almost $2 million in penalties for, well, in interest and, you know, taxes due. But basically a $2 million tax bill for something that went wrong where the IRS themselves acknowledged that the person didn't try to do anything wrong and that the economic damages, quote unquote, of what they did were zero. Oh. So, I, yeah, I, and it's one like, thing to what? do it to, to your tax bill at the end of the year. It's another thing to do it to somebody's retirement planning. Oh, sure, right. I mean, this uh, this this family uh, was was devastated, mm-hmm. and it, it was just totally absurd. But that is, you know, their the custodian they work with threw their hands up and said, you know, hey, that's not our problem. You you did it and didn't ask us, and uh, you know, the IRS is it. it the IRS is not, uh, individual people in the IRS are understanding mm-hmm. and warm and helpful. The IRS as an agency is, does not have that same reputation. Yeah. <laughs> and some of these codes are because of why, right? Like the, the unfairness of it is staggering. Uh, but so what can you do instead? 
Well, that's where we look at, you know, the 401k law, and, and it's a whole different beast. Mm-hmm. You know, you're working at a 401k, uh, you as an employee put money away, and maybe the employer matches it. If the employer does something, or the firm that manages that money does something uh, that's wrong, it is understandably not right that you be punished for that. And so 401k law is vastly more forgiving and has a whole lot of do-over provisions uh, and just other tools and assets that make it easier to work with. Mm-hmm. The solo 401k came out of, you know, out of this code, out of this, this tree, if you will. So while it's, you know, overseen by the IRS, uh, the reason I like them so much, they have a lot of other advantages. You can borrow from them. We can talk about that. Mm-hmm. Different types of retirement accounts in the U.S. and abroad, like Canada specifically, let you borrow substantially uh, without taxes and penalties. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing, at least in the U.S., about the 401k approach is that they're safer. Uh, if something goes wrong, they're really hard to break uh, accidentally. You know, I'm not talking mm-hmm. about fraud, mm-hmm. but you know, a, a person just trying to invest and trying to do things that make sense will be, in our view, a lot safer with a 401. Uh, and everybody on your podcast either owns a business or wants to own a business, mm-hmm. uh, which means they're you know 80% of the way uh, <laughs> toward having this. And again, you know, different countries have different uh, policies, right. but generally speaking, the business-oriented plans have more safety mechanisms, and yeah. that uh, is, is a huge uh, advantage. And Josh, just to make sure that I have the fundamentals correct, I wasn't even sh- actually sure what a 401k was until about a couple of weeks ago. I started looking in this stuff more because 401ks are traditionally, or originally when they were set up, it was it was pretty much through businesses or most traditionally used as uh, if you were an employee at a business, you would have a 401k, whereas IRAs are more for individuals. Just, that's just at a fundamental level. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, that's, okay. that's exactly right. Okay, cool. Anybody in the United States, anybody can have an IRA, mm-hmm. uh, and the um, range of income sources that can go into it are huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with the four hundred one k, it's you know you either have to be through business or own a business uh, to have one, uh, and then the types of income that can go into it are limited to income from that business. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so they are they're tighter in in that regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was interesting what you said about the penalties with IRAs because uh, a couple of days ago I was talking to my accountant and I told him that uh, I hadn't invested or I hadn't put money into my IRAs in about six or seven years and I was like, oh, I might as well top it up. So I went in and, and put in I think the uh, fifty five hundred U.S. dollars, which is I believe the minimum or the maximum per year. And he's like, well, wait, mm-hmm. you don't have you don't have any income that like earned income this year. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't know, I don't think I do. And he's, he's like, he's like, you got to take that out, man. You're gonna get penalties. I'm like. Oh, well, I mean, surely I can come up with $5,500 in earned income this year, I hope. I mean, maybe not, but uh, but I, I, yeah, it's just like out of the blue, I could have done that. And if I hadn't checked with somebody, I could I could have potentially been hit with a big penalty. Uh, sure. Uh, yeah. And again, and it's not really reasonable. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we can look at it and say in years prior, you had that earned income, but spent the money on something else. And, and now this year, you have that cash, but don't have earned income, you know, to a reasonable person, we can be like, eh, well, fine, mm-hmm. I'm just going to mark that down for my 2015 contribution then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just not the way it works. Uh, and so, yes, very much in all things retirement account in any nation, whether it's Australia or the United States or anything, uh, always just double check with a professional because 
a lot of it is common sense, mm-hmm. but a but a lot of it's not, uh, and it's just not. We, you know, we don't want anybody to get hurt on something that could have easily been avoided. And just to to reflect on the international perspective as well, so. It seems like most developed countries will have something similar to an IRA and or a 401k available to their citizens. Yes. Uh, yes, indeed. So, okay. and and really, again, what it's about when we think about it is it's just some sort of container, you know, a trust or whatever, but it's some sort of container where money is going in and, you know, and thus pledging to use it for retirement later, it receives some sort of tax advantages or protection Mm-hmm. today. Uh, and that, yeah, I mean, that's what they are in a nutshell. And, and they exist in a lot of places. But again, while that's important to do, you know, what I see a lot of people doing is they're contributing and they end up investing in things they don't want to invest in. You know, they're investing in mutual funds because they were told they need to fund their IRA mm-hmm. when if they would have just kept the money, they could have invested in their business. Right. And, you know, usually that is going to be a better call you know, early on until you're, you know, until you're ready to sell your business or, or hand it off or otherwise. I in think, my view, I, th- I think that's course, am- I think that's amazing advice. Well, I, and and again, how do I make my money? Right, I set mm-hmm. up retirement accounts. So, so right, I, right. Yeah, I really, I believe that thing. <laughs> now, with that said, because I don't want to starve to death, and I do want mm-hmm. my wife to be happy. Uh, well, happy like, wife, uh, happy life. But, you know, <laughs> right, right. Uh, and so, you know, one thing that we we do heavily with our president, it's the kind of structuring that, that we do. So uh, please forgive, you know, 10 seconds, shameless self-promotion. Uh, it would be that our retirement accounts let you do things like invest in private placements, invest in small businesses, invest in, you know, assets that you understand and mm-hmm. know. So while, yeah, why they aren't for everybody uh, and why they aren't necessarily the thing you should do with your first, you know, 10 grand that you've saved up, mm-hmm. they do make a lot of sense for entrepreneur-minded people. Uh, and this structure becomes very, very handy and powerful right. to, uh, to further their efforts. Right. So exactly along the lines of what you're saying, what the advice I got, for, at least from my dad growing up was I wish or he wishes he had started an IRA a lot younger and always encouraged me at a young age to put money in my IRA, which I did. And then I started getting more into business and thinking exactly like you said, that it makes more sense for me to invest in myself now because the maximum is 5,500. So we're not talking, at least at that point, I was thinking that was the maximum I could ever put in. So I was thinking maybe that might Money is better spent on on myself. So I basically stopped. I funded it for, I would say, four or five years. And then I totally stopped funding it for, I don't know, the last six or seven or eight years. And now I've reexamined it. And, and during those years, I was always thinking, well, if I just continue to reinvest in myself now, instead of putting the money away for the next 40 years or so, I should be able to make a lot more money than the tax-free savings of growing that account. Uh, and now I actually look back and say, well, I wish I had continued funding it because I think it would have made sense to do both. So I think, like you said, you have to evaluate your own situation, but it certainly makes sense to, at least when you're starting out, to consider investing in yourself first. Sure. Well, exactly. And and I mean, again, we you know we all have different schedules, mm-hmm. right? I mean, at some seasons in life, you are you know maybe you have a job where you're honing the skills, and and maybe have just a job that you love and are very happy mm-hmm. with. And so, if you can earn you know side income, great. Uh, you know, if you can start a startup or a website on the side, great. 
but you are totally happy with this great job you have. Mm -hmm. Well, then, you know, in that case, sure, fund things that are passive, uh, and and that makes a lot of sense. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's your own situation, but by all means, uh, the the blind investment into the retirement account is actually just not not so great. Right. right. Uh, unless you can show, you know, unless you can invest in what you want to and get the shell trained, which is. Of course, what I'm all about, you know, not not every investment can actually go into an IRA. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'll let you know right now that, you know, depending like a like our factoring situation, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you want to run your accounts receivable through your retirement account, and we should uh, that is something that can be done. And in fact, for anybody, almost anybody in in the world, I'm firing through some countries in my head, but. Mm -hmm. Most places, you could choose to have your retirement account factor accounts receivable for other businesses. Uh, and at least in the U.S., we can actually have your retirement account, if they're physical goods, with just a couple constraints. Have your retirement account factor your accounts receivable. No no outside factoring company, uh, You know, no line of credit at the bank. Everything's still deductible. And now suddenly you have top-line income going straight to the tax-free side of your retirement account. That is, and we can, you know, and you can get outside financing to do it. I mean, it is, there's some remarkable stuff that with the proper structure, you can do it. So, I mean, it, in part, I want to tell people, you know, by all means, contact a professional, plan, you know, talk about your situation. Because, like, in my mind, well, like, I do service. Right, mm -hmm. I'm a service business, so I can't factor <laughs> my account just people through a retirement account, which yeah. is may I just say a, a huge injustice, right? And I'm like, oh, this is so sad. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, at the same time, physical manufacturers are guys that distribute goods. I mean, you, know, you have a lot of your you have a lot of listeners right now. I know there's somebody out there that like they import, you know, a bunch of wine, mm -hmm. uh, or they import, you know, uh, machine parts or whatever they do. And that, if that income is, is quote unquote extra, like uh, I have a client, um, I don't want to say exactly what he does, but he, he imports goods from China and he sells them to uh, Cisco, the, the Cisco the, mm -hmm. the food products. And, mm -hmm. and so that income is about 110000 a year for him. Mm -hmm. Now, he doesn't need that income because that. That's a sideline business that he set up and has grown over time, but he has a regular job that he loves. And so that's just this extra money that he uses toward, you know, investment property and other things. Now, when we started talking, he realized that he could take of that 110000 we're able to take actually about 70000 of it and shove it to the tax-free side of a solo 401k plan for him. That's incredible. So it, 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 yeah, it's literally never taxed. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, one tenth after tax, so he actually still ends up uh, bringing in like a little over 70 from it. So, like, you know, his, his net profitability actually goes up. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, you know, there, there's a lot of these stuff that can be done, but it's not going to be done unless a person is willing to say, you know, hey, here's where I am and here's where I want to be. Uh, and they get some, you know, they get some outside help on it. But it, it is, there's a, a wonderful world of possibilities out there of a yeah. person, you know, just reading. The example you use is highly, highly relevant because a lot of people in our circles are doing all types of importing um, and then reselling things on Amazon and or different types of uh, distribution channels in and outside the US and in, on e-commerce e sites and stuff. So 
definitely a great example to use. And I think this is where the for the, the retirement planning stuff gets really, really exciting because at least I would say in, in our opinions or my opinion anyways, retirement planning has always been so boring. It's like, you know, I'm going to, and it's exactly like you said, I have, I looked at my retirement accounts uh, just the other day. I hadn't looked at them in ages and I own, I own one mutual fund in one account. Uh, it's a Roth IRA. And then I own, and then I recently, uh, I would say about a year ago, opened up a, a Vanguard account. And then I moved some of my my funds over to that. So I bought like three different funds in there. At least with that, they're low fees. With my other fund, it's through an advisor and it's in a mutual fund. So it's like 1% <laughs> plus 1.25. So it's like two and a half percent already. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, that was that was a bad decision, right? But of course, how do you know when you're when you're 22 years old or something, and you're, you're new to this stuff? But it, again, it's always been boring because it's like, what are my options, right? I don't want to invest in a couple of mutual funds. Is there's in, where we come from, we love to have control and and to be able to diversify. And if it's like choosing a mid cap fund versus a, a large cap fund, it's just it's not exciting. So. I love the stuff that you're talking about, of all the, the flexibility and really all the options that are open to people if they're willing to to go in and, and go down that rabbit hole. The, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. And it's I mean, my background is all uh, well. Okay, so my my origin would be uh, real estate. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's my family. That's what my grandfather did. It's what my dad did. Uh, you know, so I mean, I. I grew up doing, you know, riding on a backhoe and driving a dump truck and doing all these things. And, and somewhere along the line, you know, I'm making presentations to banks explaining why they should, you know, finance this project or that mm-hmm. project. Uh, and uh, I ended up, I realized that we'd gone from no money to uh, a, a healthy amount of money. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so we went from no financial uh, advisors trying to help us to a lot of financial advisors mm-hmm. trying to help us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was so expensive, right? I'm like, man, where were you guys 20 years ago? Right. Uh, and, and uh, you know, so what we wanted to do was, uh, what I wanted to do, uh, I ended up doing a, I ended up doing high net worth financial planning, but using that and very being very open about it, that, you know, I had these high net worth clients so that I could do a pro bono work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in that vein, you know, I discovered that I could, that retirement accounts genuinely could buy property. Let's be real. I found that out from a real estate agent who I didn't believe, right? I thought he was trying to get this poor old lady to distribute her IRA and it was going to be ruined. Uh, no, it turns out he was totally right. And I was so upset to mm-hmm. think that you could, you know, it's, it's not like I just, you know, knew the guys just in my firm. I mm-hmm. mean, the financial planners, period, just didn't even know this really existed, or they thought it was some fringe thing. And the guys that did know about it, they would be accused of selling away by their broker, mm-hmm. you know, if they said anything. And that's another thing that happens is that you get, you know, who's going to tell somebody, you know, your broker, even if they wanted to, or your financial planner, even if they wanted to, in many cases, contractually can't say a thing mm-hmm. about investments that aren't offered through their firm. Wow. And that, you know, so of course, uh, there was a conversation. Um, it mostly was something along the lines of your desk is in the parking lot and it's on fire. Mm-hmm. And I was like, sweet, it's right by your car. It's also <laughs> on fire. Uh, and, and so we, uh, you know, I, I, I sold and, and got rid of that book and then focused just on these plants with mm-hmm. the gold being that. that help, you know, CPAs and attorneys and independent planners be able to pair their clients uh, with things that actually work and provide, you know, uh, support in that vein. Sorry, that's 
kind of a tangent. Um, we don't need <laughs> to deal with it. But the bottom line it, is, it's an enjoyable really tangent. Changed, you know, the past ten years, yeah, in the past ten years, it, it, it's really changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used to get, you know, if you talk to a banker or a CPA, they would scrunch their face and eyeball you suspiciously. They assume they should probably call the IRS and tell them about you. Uh, and now, you know, now those same guys call and they mm-hmm. say, hey. You know, I have these clients. This is going on. You know, can something be done? Because, in fairness to them, there's a lot of tax code. I mean, I couldn't be a CPA to save my life. Yeah, 70,000 like, 70, pages. It's. I was just talking to my CPA about it yesterday. It's like anyone who tells you they know all the tax code, they're just lying. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then, well, and then you get you know, and then you have people who who specialize. Where your CPA, mm-hmm. realistically, well, yours is a little bit different, but most people are not likely to be well versed on some of the international components. You know, mm-hmm. what happens when your business is owned half by somebody who isn't even a U.S. citizen? Or, you know, what? Ha- you know, how do these different things impact your total tax bill and what's tax efficient? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, that's where, you know, you get uh, well, guys like Phil, that, that that's their whole specialty is, is they won't do your taxes per se, but they'll handle your taxes relative to international interactions. Now, the absurdity that you may have to have a staff of like four to really know you're doing your taxes right uh, is a whole different conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what I can do is to say, okay, I'm one of those guys where my job mainly, I view, is to take a pile, a small section of tax code mm-hmm. and be able to explain it in plain English, uh, you know, and hold up the sign that says this really does work, it really is good, uh, and then be able to interface with the CPA or your attorney to make sure that your other details of, oh, by the way, you know, a third of my operation is overseas, you know, or my mm-hmm. wife is in the U.S. that mm-hmm. uh, she has a green card, you know, these different things uh, are factored in. So that your total tax bill, again, but, you know, into the day, we want the lowest tax rate possible uh, on as much of the money as we can. Absolutely. Guess and that's maybe the, after retirement yeah. account, maybe it's not. That's the goal. That's the goal. So is someone allowed to have a an IRA and a 401k? Yeah, you bet. Uh, you can have multiple IRAs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could just, you know, maybe you think it's fun to fill out the app, right? Mm-hmm. So you can have multiple IRAs, mm-hmm. uh, and the rule is the contributions are global. So that is, if I have five IRAs, I can't put, you know, 5000 and change into each of them. Okay. I can have five IRAs, and they can have any amount of money in them, but I'm only going to put in five grand a year total between all of them. Gotcha. So, uh, if, so you might have say, and that includes rock or traditional. Okay, so you might have a traditional, and you might have an IRA, and then at the end of each year, you could. Uh, sorry, you might have a traditional, and you might have a Roth IRA, and at the end of each year, you could say, "I'm going to contribute maybe two thousand this one and three thousand this one, depending on how your income was that year." Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Okay. So uh, that that's how those work, uh, and then the four hundred one k is much the same, although mm-hmm. there's there's a little twist. Uh, again, you know, there, the idea of 401k is about an employer. And so even if you have your own business, maybe you have a business and you set up a solo 401k <coughs> with my firm. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> maybe you have another job, you know, at, you know, you work at IBM or you work at this or, you know, you, you work any of these other places uh-huh. also. And they have a 401k. No problem. You, you can have, you can have multiple 401ks. And again, the contribution rules are that your contributions are, the limit is global. Okay. So, you know, in your case, and again, there's a, there's a big area calculation for it, but just kind of the, the, the first 24, eh, first 20 grand, we'll say, is basically dollar for dollar. So while the limits are much higher than that, uh, depending 
I'm going to, you know, we're going to talk about that first 20 mm-hmm. and that is, you know, a person says, okay, great. You know, for my small business, I earned, you know, 15 and I don't want any of it. I would love to save all of it. Great. They can actually put away all 15, but then in their regular job, they would only be able to put in, you know, that other, again, simplicity here, mm-hmm. they'd only be able to put in that other five. Mm-hmm. Now the employer contribution is different. Let's say that your small business is not so small anymore, right? You're like my guy that imports, you know, like two dollar items from China, but mm-hmm. now he's making about a hundred and ten grand a year doing it. Uh, so for him, you know, he's able to max out that twenty as a participant, as that is as a person, and then as a company, he can have a match and he can have this profit sharing match. Now, what's really cool is that the company contributions are not subject to that global global cap rule. Mm. So he can make all of those, and then his regular employer, he doesn't need to worry at all about if the regular employer has a match or the regular employer makes the profit-sharing contribution because that's the business. That's not him. Okay. Uh, so, so yeah, that's a, there's a little difference there. But, so the, the, uh, the client that you were just mentioning, is that all under one structure, like a solo 401k, or is that multiple ones? No, that, uh, that's... All under one. Uh, okay, so, gotcha. Uh, he under the one plan, he can both make contributions mm. from the earnings that he is taking. Gotcha. And then he can also factor the accounts receivable, mm-hmm. which uh, uh, basically cannibalizes a bunch of the earnings so that they're never taxed, uh, and therefore increases well both his tax-free savings and then also his overall net profit mm-hmm. since less of the income tax. Okay. And if someone had a 401k and let's say a Roth IRA, can those, are those limits of contributions totally separate? So you could contribute the yeah. say 5k and the IRA and then the 401k, you could also max that out separately. Absolutely. Yep. No, you're entirely correct. Good um, stuff. And sometimes we see people do that and maybe, you know, they're like, well, I want to do some mutual funds, right? I want mm-hmm. to be, I want to have some money in the market for stocks or options or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they'll do that like in, in their Roth IRA and then they'll use the solo 401k for, you know, for the big money and bigger investment. Gotcha. Uh, also, we see people who, you know, maybe they don't earn a lot on the side. They mostly earn their, their income in a regular job. Mm-hmm. And so what they'll do is they'll fully fund their IRA. And then just roll it over once a year into a solo, okay. uh, you know, to help to help juice it up a little bit if it, if they don't have uh, the earnings they'd like yet gotcha. um, from their, their business. So I wanted to to clear up real quick uh, the difference in a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA. I know there's a lot of different IRAs, but I guess those are the, the top two that came to my mind. And because I have a Roth IRA. I think I know what that is, which is you put in money that's already taxed. So let's say you put in five grand, it's already taxed, and then it grows tax-free until X age, I think it's 59, or whenever you start taking uh, withdrawals. And when you take the money out, it's also not taxed. Is that correct? You got it. Uh, perfect. Bingo. Uh, yeah. Okay. You just summarized many pages of IRS code into <laughs> one clear paragraph. Okay. Good job. Part of the quiz is over. And then uh, the other one, the traditional IRA, the money that goes in, that you put in, can be deducted from this year's income tax. So let's say you had 50 grand in income tax, you put in 5,000 into your traditional IRA, you're now being taxed on $45,000 of income. And then that money also grows tax-free, but when you go to take it out, 
that money is then taxed on. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. You're, okay. Yes. Okay. That's I'm exactly on. Exactly right. Uh, All right. So, so yeah. Now yeah. look. See more pages worth of code condensed. Uh, right? Look at that. Not on. Uh, my parents uh, didn't that... send me to school for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, um. Uh, they can control my parents. <laughs> right. Yeah. How's the money taxed? Is it? Is it? Uh. Is it? Sure income or is it can it be capital gains is it depending on what where the gains were uh in the traditional right. dun, dun, dun. yes now this is where you need dramatic music okay uh, and so rolled in the, <laughs> the, first off traditional and roth applies whether we're talking about an ira or we're talking about a 401k mm-hmm. and, and again different nations have slightly different approaches to this there are nations where you get to put it in take the deduction mm-hmm. and it comes out like tax-free mm-hmm. so it's just uh, you know, it, it varies. But for the U.S., you can have traditional or Roth and in your IRA or uh, in a 401k. Mm-hmm. And when it comes out, either way, the, the when we're talking about traditional money, I, I should say, mm-hmm. when it comes out of a 401k or an IRA, if it is traditional, and this applies to steps or KEOs or any other crazy acronym somebody's got attached to their retirement account, <laughs> Bottom line, if that money came off your taxes, right, it was deductible when mm-hmm. they put it in. And when it comes out, it's being added to their income. It came off their income, mm. it gets added to their income when it comes out. And that's uh, 59 and a half. Uh, now, granted, there's some adjustments and where it can be 55 if it's so low, uh, if they want to get a little early or, you know, and you have to start taking by the time you're 70 and a half uh, if mm-hmm. it's traditional money because the government's like, look, eventually we want to get those taxes. Uh, but when it comes out, it's regular income. Ooh, and so, you know what ugly. I tell people, right? Yeah, I know, right? Uh, so when, you know, when we're talking about these things, and that's a good factor. Right now, we are at historically low tax rates. Right. Now, of course, people are always talking about how, you know, hey, we could cut that tax rate. But, but real life, we're at historically low rates, and we have a whole lot of unfunded liabilities mm. as a nation. Yes. Uh, and many nations do. So I wouldn't bet that 10 or 20 years from now our tax rate is going to be lower. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may be. I hope it is. But I wouldn't plan around that. And so for me, I would rather make Roth contributions now because I don't believe that we'll have lower tax rates in the future. Yeah, it's, uh, a also, big, it's a basically it's a, a big gamble. To, yeah, well, and I think it's a horrible idea to plan to be poor, right? Like, okay, so my tax rate, you know, my Fed rate right now, you know, is top tier, but gee, you know, let's put this money away in, in the traditional account, and then when we take it out, we'll be in a very, very low tier. And, and I'm like, that's insane. Why on earth would I plan to be making substantially less money at retirement. Uh, that just, I maybe that would be the case, but mm-hmm. I can't imagine doing that. And, and so, so long-term capital gains, uh, uh, it's a big factor, um, at least in the United States, mm-hmm. when you're buying assets to figure out, hey, you know, do I want to buy this asset in a retirement account or do, do I want to buy it directly? When we're talking about traditional funds, I think that it's a really important consideration. Right. Uh, when we're talking about Roth money, because you could leverage, now again, in a mutual fund, whole different game, but, mm-hmm. but for your audience and your people, to me, your Roth money, you can leverage it inside the retirement account. Mm-hmm. And, you know, via business or via a loan uh, on real estate, you know, there's, you know, factoring accounts receivable. There's just a lot that can be done where, yes, you paid, you know, you paid taxes on that dollar that goes into the plan, but now that dollar is effectively, you know, 
earning, uh, I mean, now you are earning profits on, Mm -hmm. you know, $3 or $4 Mm -hmm. uh, instead. And so, you know, in those cases, well, one, the money's going to come out tax-free, so we don't care if it was taxed as long-term capital gains or Mm -hmm. if it was taxed as regular income. Mm -hmm. But, But because we're gaining the advantage of paying tax on $1, but earning profits based on more dollars. Uh, I generally feel that if we can make the you know Roth work, that it's worth the tax bill today versus trying to fuss around with long-term capital gains versus yep. you know tax-deferred regular income uh, that people try to figure out and play that game on the traditional side. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. And is, is, for that reason, is do you typically find that Roths are much more popular than traditional IRAs or four hundred one k? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, well, and again, same plan just with us, mm-hmm. right? There, there are guys that break those up, and I kind of scratch my head a little. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a solo, you know, when we're doing a solo 401k plan, it has both traditional and Roth components side by side. Mm-hmm. And so what that means is that if you have a rollover, you know, it doesn't really matter if that rollover is, you know, uh, is that 20 grand? Is that 200 grand? Uh, you know, it doesn't matter. When you roll those funds over, you can, at your leisure, start converting them to Roth. Uh, okay. We can also be very selective on investments, which is a big deal. So let's say that somebody has, uh, well, I'll do, do one that we just came across. So the guy's got about 350 uh, in his old 401k, and now he's starting his own business. And so we're, you know, we're moving over that 350. It's all traditional, mm-hmm. but he wants to be able to do the, you know, he wants to be able to uh, get in a very specific private placement that he's, you know, quite uh, excited about, mm-hmm. you know, founder level stuff. And so he's going to convert, uh, you know, the necessary amount, um, let's, let's say 50 grand. So he's going to convert 50 of mm-hmm. the 350. So mm-hmm. now he'll have 50,000 of Roth money in the 401k and, and still the a regular 300. Okay. And he can designate and say, hey, this $50,000 investment, this is all Roth money. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, this is huge, right? So like he doesn't, it, it gives him a tremendous advantage uh, in control. And of course, I mean, you know, it's not, it's not magic. If something goes terribly wrong and that investment collapses, well, that's awful. But right. he, you know, he paid taxes. You know, he paid fifty thousand dollars worth of taxes on an investment that's now worth zero. Like that. That is how that works. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, when you have specific opportunities that you really wish you could do with Roth money, know that if we're using, you know, like a solo four hundred one k, or you know, you can convert just that money. Uh, you can convert that with a Roth, uh, with an IRA also, uh-huh. but it has to be a separate account. So they, if, uh, you can't mix money with the IRA. So if you if you were to convert traditional IRA to a uh, to a Roth, then you would, I guess, you would have mm-hmm. to pay tax on whatever money converted at that time. Yep, gets added to your income. Okay. So if you if you convert a ten thousand dollar IRA, then you mm-hmm. just add ten thousand dollars to your your income, uh, okay. and you know that you then have your. And so depending yeah. upon on, you know what your tax situation is, there are some years that you can convert money pretty darn efficiently, uh, and and of course uh, depending upon your tax situation, it can be uh, pretty painful. Oh right, <laughs> gotcha. That yeah. Initial, initial pill. Okay. Uh, and it's really, you know, again, I, I would involve other people in that conversation and figure out, you know, hey, you know, what mm-hmm. do we want to do long term? And then that way we can figure out, because in any structure you do, I mean, here's, okay, pro tip number one, you don't need a retirement account. So it says the retirement account guy. Mm-hmm. Pro tip number two, oh my gosh, do everything you can to, and the CPA would 
figure this. Do whatever you can to basically fire your CPA. Uh, <laughs> the simpler is better, right? Mm-hmm. People are people are people. Whether I'm going to screw something up or whether you're going to screw something up, we can be pretty darn sure that in the next 20 or 30 years, somebody isn't going to remember to properly sign as their, you know, as the Irish director of their, you know, sandwich corporation, yada, yada, yada. And mm-hmm. there's some really great stuff that can be done. I mean, and I'm not saying, you know, when there's new, many millions of dollars on the line, a lot of this stuff makes sense. Right. But, you know, at the end of the day, if it isn't simple, if it isn't clean, don't do it. And so when I, you know, I look at some of these different structures that, that come across my desk, I just think, oh, Lord, that is too complicated. Sure. And, and too complicated is one of two things. They're either going to break it right? They're not going to use it right. And so then it doesn't do any bloody good. They're going to lose their tax advantages and or get sued and it won't hold up the way they were hoping it would. Mm -hmm. Or they're just not going to do anything with it because it's too cumbersome. Yeah. Right. I mean, that happens. Like if you have to send paperwork three places in order to make an investment, this is not as likely to happen versus if you can just say, yep, I like it, shake somebody's hand and sign a piece of paper. Well, that was kind of what was going through my head when you were mentioning that you can say you want to make a private investment through your retirement account and you're going to use, say, 50% is going to be with traditional money and 50% is going to be with Roth money. I was just thinking in my head, I'm like, oh, wow, it's already a level of complexity that I wouldn't want to have to deal with, at least on the paper side of it. But is that something that's relatively easy to, to handle and report? Uh, Yes. Uh, Yes, it is. Because I loathe paperwork and and all those other things. And so uh, (laughs) at least there are hard ways to do it. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, that makes, you know, for the the doom and gloom crowd, right? They can be like, oh, look, it's 17 form. Mm -hmm. But but that's, uh, they're doing it wrong. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, by all means, in any of these structures that I will ever talk about, simplicity is key because I like things that don't break. And I genuinely believe the more complex it is, all you're doing is, is increasing the frequency that it will break mm-hmm. and reducing the likelihood that people will, will use it. And why on earth would you get something that you're not going to use? Yeah, good advice. So, uh, so yeah, now we're, we're going to, uh, in all your structures, and I mean, this is true, like especially with, again, your audience, you guys can get out there and hustle and, you know, make another hundred grand or you can want to kill yourself and lay in paperwork and save yourself, you know, 20 grand in taxes. It sounds like, tax, like it sounds like tax time of the year. <laughs> right. I'm like, so between those two options, I would much rather go do what I do and enjoy what I do mm-hmm. and help more people and earn another $100,000 and not worry a super lot about my tax bill versus, you know, gnashing my teeth and weeping mm-hmm. and saving a 20 grand on my taxes. Gotcha. Like there is, you know, that's what the CPA's job is. If mm-hmm. they if they do it well, great. If they don't do it well, bummer. But I want them to have that job. And, and same thing kind of structurally here. Mm-hmm. Like we want our retirement accounts. I mean, yeah, is the thing huge? Sure. Like each of these things represents like what, 100 pages worth of legal code. Mm-hmm. But who cares? Because to the end user, if it's done right for you guys, it is as simple as, you know, a basic trust document. You shake hands, you sign, mm-hmm. you write what you've done, and you put it in a simple ledger, whether that's a paper ledger, whether that's QuickBooks, whether that's zero. Like, we don't care. Okay. We're just saying, write down what you do. Mm-hmm. And if you have any questions about, you know, how do I write that down? Then, by all means, 
you can either email or call me, uh, or you can even, you know, we'll even write it up for people. We're like, hey, mm-hmm. if you were doing this, here's how you'd log that. Okay, cool. And, I like uh, that. and then, you know, and then the whole point is to make it, simple. Point to make it super easy mm-hmm. so that you can focus on investing and expanding your business, not on dorking with more paperwork to save tax. Mm-hmm. Like, we want to save the tax, but we don't want to have to dork with a bunch of paperwork. To go yeah, through. yeah, totally agree with that. There's um, one concern I have with investing in IRA. IRAs for the long term. So I'm I'm 31 now. Let's say that the age sure. right now is 59 to start withdrawing yeah. the money. So that's that's kind of putting a lot of faith and trust in the government that they're not going to move that age up to say 65 by the time I reach that that level. Is there any type of protections against that in the in the tax code that they can't move yeah. it up? Like they, they can't wake up tomorrow and say, okay. From now on, you have to invest all of your or half your IRA funds in U.S. Treasuries, and by the way, you can't touch the funds until you're 70 years old. Sure, uh, and uh, you know, I, I smile, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, this is a, this this question is a trap. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> because can you imagine trying to tell Congress what's legal or not legal? They right. don't care. Yeah. It's, it's not what they're concerned about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, while there actually has been put forward legislation now repeatedly mm-hmm. for the government to be able to raid traditional IRAs mm-hmm. uh, in, in order to extract, you know, taxes due, basically forced conversions to Roth. Okay. And they've also proposed forcing, you know, for your own good, of course, mm-hmm. um, that you, you'd invest in treasuries. So, you know, what we've seen historically, and while I can't, you know, we, while we can't predict the future sure. and things do seem to get more crazy and less crazy, mm-hmm. uh, there's there's a couple things that I have in mind. One, usually you're grandfathered in, mm-hmm. right? Usually they change the rules for new money and for new people. That way, the old money and the old people don't grumble as much. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that is probable in this situation, too, where they might... You know, they might say, hey, we're going to, you know, you're going to have to start all your new contributions. And what they'd probably do, if they were smart, they'd make it employer contributions. Okay. That, that way it wasn't, quote unquote, your money. Yeah, right? it makes sense. So, but I mean, you know, they would, they would, they'd say all this new money, this is going to have to go into the state. It's extremely unlikely in my view that, uh, that they would force conversions. And part of that is, can you imagine? I mean, Goldman Sachs pays good money for their congressmen. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> they are going to tolerate a bunch of money leaving their funds and going into treasury. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? Interesting, yeah. Like, that, I, I don't see that. Uh-huh. But uh, if you wanted, and we do have people that are concerned about that, or they're concerned about, you know, currency controls and other things like that. And so you could use these retirement accounts. You know, what we have a lot of folks do, uh, they have they either want precious metals, mm-hmm. and so they're buying gold and silver, uh, both for investment uh, and for protection. And they're buying that gold and silver, and they are holding uh, it in another country. Um, or they're, you know, or they're burying it in the backyard. Or they're doing these other things where it's not in the system mm-hmm. where it could be readily liquidated. Uh, same thing with guys that are buying uh, overseas, you know, maybe Canadian junior mining stocks or some South American, you know, uh, firms. And they will hold those stocks in a brokerage account that's outside, you know, the United States. Uh, and so, you know, with these accounts properly structured, you can do that. And then that way, if the, you know, if the U.S. government did do something crazy mm-hmm. and say, you know, all U.S. brokerages are forced to sweep all available cash into our new ultra short term treasury, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, wh- whatever, your money would be outside that system. Your think- money is either in physical stuff, 
you know, in these private placements mm-hmm. or being stored or in stock certificates that are in brokerages that are outside the U.S. Yeah. I think there's some assurance in what, what you said about your funds being grandfathered in. I think that makes a lot more sense that if they were going to push the age limit back, they would do something like, okay, all the money that you've contributed up to this date is still going to be at the current age limit of withdrawals, which is I think 59 and a half years old. But from this point forward, mm-hmm. any new money you invest, that will be at, say, whatever, the new age limit. Yeah. Uh, that makes a lot more sense to me. I mean, we, in the U.S., we have enough riots going on in the streets right now. We don't need a, a bunch of uh, sixty-year-olds <laughs> six in the street rioting, <laughs> right? No, that, pointing that, the fingers. Bad so. TV, right there. Yeah, very <laughs> bad TV. Uh, and, and again, you know, when you think about it, with Roth money, again, IRA, four hundred one k stuff, none of that stuff matters. It's mm-hmm. just it's, it's Roth money. It's traditional. Mm-hmm. And with Roth money, you've already paid the taxes on it, mm-hmm. so they aren't likely going to be yeah. receiving any additional tax revenue off of it. So they don't care when that's, you get That's another really then, good point. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Sure, like, and I then was... when we come to traditional money, on the traditional side, they want you to pay those taxes. They, they don't want it to be pushed off forever, mm-hmm. right? They want the tax revenue. So if anything, they would lower the retirement age, you know, to 55 or 50, as opposed to push it out further. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we're talking about Social Security, that's something they have to pay out. They don't want to do that. So yeah. they want to push that number higher. But when we're talking about traditional withdrawals from retirement accounts, the sooner they get the money, the happier they are. So they would definitely not raise the age. If anything, we would see them begin to try to lower it over okay. time. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting perspective and good uh, good and uh, assurance for someone like me that's basically been putting off investing in my Roth. And uh, all I have right now is a Roth. Um for different reasons of, of being skeptical and, and unclear on some of the rules. So uh, I want to do, if you're up for it, Josh, just like a quick analysis on basically a person like myself and what I currently have yeah. as my IRA, my retirement structure and what I could probably do to optimize it. And then someone like Johnny, who has different types of, uh, of income than I do, to try to give some of the listeners a little bit of perspective on how one or the other may relate to their own situation and what they could do with their retirement planning. Real life. Example instead of my esoteric ramblings. Yeah. <laughs> well, we could. Uh, we, we use. We can use my name. That'll be a real life example, or we or we can call me Joe Schmo. But either way, so I, I think mine will be slightly more unique than Johnny. I think there's a lot more people that sure. will relate to Johnny, so we can kind of fly over mine a little bit. But so basically, I'm I'm living right now off investment income and my savings. So I essentially have zero earned income. Um, I have you know dividends and stuff like that, but no earned income. And I have an IRA, a Roth IRA that's got about $40,000 in it. And all it is, is like say three Vanguard funds, right? Uh, so I'm not right. sure. So what can I do to optimize my retirement planning either through this current structure or through a different type of structure? Okay. So, so on the surface, Mm-hmm. Right. The answer is, eh, we, you know, we take your Roth, you self-direct your Roth, and now you have 40K that you can invest in, you know, in, in businesses that you come across or, mm-hmm. or it can even, you know, start its own operations in JV with somebody to run it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, that is fast and simple and true. Mm-hmm. And so for many people, that's an exciting revelation. They could even do that. Mm-hmm. However, this is, this, this is invest like a boss. We are going to do something better. Let's be bosses. Uh, and so, <laughs> which, so uh, a couple questions, um, mm-hmm. which you may or may want, not want to do a radio edit for. I'm an open book. Uh, are, are, okay. Uh, are you married? No. Okay. 
and <laughs> but, oh, I hear that lady. Okay, uh, and the the other side, investment income. Do you have? We've talked about before. Do you have investment income that is coming to you in the form of earnings? You know, like off of Amazon or off of some, some sort of distributorship of of physical products or goods. No, the I would have. I have income coming in from f- physical property and then things like REITs and then of course uh stocks bonds stuff like that uh but nothing no private companies okay. and just make sure yeah nothing no type of income that I've actually built and set up just things that I've basically invested in Gotcha. Makes sense, yeah. So then, so in your situation, uh, you know, it is, you know, first off, it's remarkable and awesome to be 31 and living off investment income. Like, that is, is just special and not common. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, very cool. Uh, and that, in your current scenario, excludes you from a 401k of any kind. Mm-hmm. And, and it keeps us probably into the... the IRA realm. Now, yeah. if you, you if some of those rental properties were your properties where you can claim some kind of management, mm-hmm. then you would be entitled to have the solo 401k structure. Uh, we could make that appear. And then you'd have a solo 401k, mm-hmm. but you would not have the ability to contribute very much to it. You'd only be contributing off of your management income. Now, for some people, this is huge and it's why I bring it up. Is that maybe they have 401k rollover money or they have an mm-hmm. old IRA somewhere. They love a solo 401k because they want to do more real estate or they want to make some other investment, but they're in the same spot, right? Mm-hmm. They don't have any earned income, but they are, you know, they are able to claim management of the properties. So then they can have a solo 401, they can roll over these accounts, mm-hmm. and now they have you know, a big stack of money they can use. Right. But for you, it sounds like probably not so much. I'm even pretty if we limited, right? Solo yeah. 401, yeah, even if we created this little one for you, you wouldn't be able to contribute very much to it, which would be sort of not that much fun. Uh, but it is, so the Roth is where you would likely stick, and that would, you know, if you decided to self-correct those funds, you would effectively, we would move the money into a new custodian that was fine with self-correction. Mm-hmm. We would then take that cash, stick it into either an LLC or a trust that, you know, depends upon your situation and where you're domicile and stuff, which is best. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we chat, we set it into one of those. And then the person of your choosing, uh, many people choose a third party, you know, a chunk of people choose themselves that would now have authority over that trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then the custodian funds it. And then effectively the person in charge, whether that's you or somebody else, uh, is then able to say, you know, hey, I like this private placement. Hey, I want to back, you know, this company. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Whatever it is they want to do, uh, you know, in 40K, it could even be a, a solid down payment on a little duplex or something. Uh, and so, you know, all of those options would be available and the income and growth that came from would be tax-free. Because it's an IRA specifically, mm-hmm. I would be very conscious to avoid uh, debt mm-hmm. uh, whenever a retirement account, whenever an IRA is involved with debt uh, of any kind, it, it actually has to pay taxes on those gains. Mm-hmm. Probably the number one least paid tax ever, uh, and and so you know there's a lot of people that <laughs> that are in for an unfortunate surprise if the IRS ever starts auditing mm-hmm. these things. But it, it is 
you know, it's reality that you could do a lot with it, but I would, I'd say, whoa, you know, both an active business, you know, if it decided to buy, this is probably unlikely for you, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, let's say a Subway franchise, right? Right. Like, your IRA can buy that. That's really the cool. The problem is, yeah, but, but the problem is it's taxable because mm-hmm. it's still an active business. Um, and that makes sense because if you were the city or you were the state or you were the business down the street, you'd be pretty annoyed if you were trying to compete against something that didn't have to pay taxes. Right. Like that's that's not, you know, one, the city's bombed to not get tax revenue. Two, your, you know, the, the competing business is like, that's not fair. You get that, right? This mm-hmm. is seriously not fair. Uh, and, and so active businesses pay, even if they're owned by Roth IRAs, mm-hmm. uh, and they also get taxed on debt, which is a huge thing to real estate investors. So, you know, we gotta be, you, you have to be conscious of that and figure it into your numbers. Right. But that's, that's your situation, fairly unique, but you still have uh, options. And if you ever ended up in a spot where you were distributing physical goods or where you had more, um, more mm-hmm. direct management of mm-hmm. your real estate holding than either of those, you know, or just a pile of money you want to roll over for whatever right. reason. But so currently, because I, I don't earn income, my contribution to my Roth would basically be zero each year, right? I, I yeah, your yeah. new contributions would be would zero. be zero. So, yeah, I, no, like I said, you're in a really unique <laughs> spot. But I could still, um, I could open a traditional IRA and contribute 5500 to that every year if I wanted to, but... Great question. Glad you asked. No, mm-hmm. no, you can't. Oh, I can't. Uh, IRA, nope. IRAs accept earned income also, but they do not accept just like, hey, here's a check. Oh, damn it. <laughs> okay. So, okay. So, so, okay. So right now I'm basically, I can't invest much more money unless I can restructure some of my, my physical property income to be earned income. So what seems to me would be a cool gamble with my, my current IRA, let's say it's, it's $40,000. If I grow that at 6% for the next 30 years, it doesn't, I mean, <laughs> then we're both going to cry in our, right. Yeah, exactly. Okay, right. Go. It's boring. Like, so, but to me, what seems like might be the better play is self-direct it, invest it into uh, into a startup, which is is a, a category that I have access to, and then at least that way, you know, it has the potential to return twenty, fifty, a hundred times tax-free. Whereas right now, it's like if if it just grows at six percent or something in these funds, it's not really going to change anything. So, do you think that would be kind of a, a smart play or at least a, a good gamble? <laughs> <laughs> well, again, I am so. This is a great time to fully declare. I am. Yeah. So not able to give any of you guys uh, professional uh, investment tax, yada, 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 insult your, insert your favorite term yeah, advice. Yeah. Um, but if it was me, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that cool. is, that's totally what I would do. I like because, it. I mean, again, you know, you have the ability to look at somebody in the face, you can mm-hmm. look at their papers, you know the industry, you know the sector. Are all your investments going to go well? Um, hey, that'd be great if they did, but it's unlikely. Yeah, but very cool. But if just one or two of them, you know, do well, then it more than makes up for all the rest. I didn't even know this was an available option until this call. So it's it's great to have your eyes open to something, um, you know, that is so much more flexible than what I would traditionally would have thought of with retirement planning. So well, good. I'm glad. <laughs> hey, I mean, Mitt Romney got a hundred, you know, got a hundred mil in his Roth IRA, right? Oh, gosh. People are like, wait a minute. You know, a little bit of quick math, right? They're like, wait a minute, five grand a year, yeah. $100 million. 
how old is he? Yeah, no, that's, you know, it's, it's not how that got done. So I, how that, that got done. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. It was, no, that was a listener. Uh, that was one of the the questions from the audience. So I wanted to, I wanted to ask that anyways, but um, yeah, go ahead and clue us in on that. <laughs> sure. Uh, and, and that's, I mean, that is, uh, you know, I, I, <laughs> that's a self-directed IRA. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, so what happened is, you know, he creates, uh, and again, I, you know, I am, I'm not friends with Mitt. I don't know Mitt. I mm-hmm. haven't seen his statement. I can't tell you verbatim. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how these things function from, you know, the investment side it, it is, again, same drill. You know, we use a self-directed custodian. Mm-hmm. We put some amount of startup capital, uh, you know, for simplicity, when we're talking about this level of scale, it doesn't even matter. Let's, let's say it was 10 grand, mm-hmm. right? So 10 grand went into this LLC. And then it is owned by an IRA, a Roth IRA. Mm-hmm. And then that money went into, um, shall we say, well-chosen, you know, founder rounds uh, of different projects. Yeah. And so, you know, if, again, same drill, if his venture went badly, then the IRA would have nothing in it. Mm-hmm. But the, you know, at least one or two of the ventures went very well. And since the asset, you know, since the asset when it was purchased was only worth $10,000 because it, or, or whatever amount of money, mm-hmm. right? Because it was pure speculation. Well, then when everything went well, and now it is a realized $100 million, mm-hmm. well, you know, good, good job. That That's that's exactly what they're for. Uh so that's so, yeah, got to be one of the most ex- that's got to be one of the, the biggest success stories in the history of IRA of Roth investing because no matter what we're talking an investment of tens of thousands of dollars not millions or probably even hundreds of thousands of dollars right that turned that turned to do it to 100 million yeah well, let's assume that he parlayed a bunch of other money and investments yeah. to a million dollars yeah, yeah, yeah no still the return is insane and so like I said um, you know, you and I, like, if you look at a business, mm-hmm. you may feel that a business's chances of success are sure. And so, uh, but if you wanted to buy it, you would not point to all the reasons that you were sure it would be good. Mm-hmm. You may point out some of the risks or faults. And so when a person is buying into a business that, say, their close friends are running, if those close friends are trying to help them, um, maybe their close friends would accept a lower bid. But it is a third-party purchase, so it's totally allowed, Mm -hmm. uh, and it does make sense on paper, and you could easily get a CPA to sign off on it. Uh, you may pay what, in hindsight, was a very low price mm-hmm. for the amount of shares that you received. And that, you know, that is what it is. Everybody uh, forgets, you know, if you look back at the, the Clintons with their option trading that was not, um, theirs wasn't in a retirement account, uh-huh. um, or it'd be a great memento too. But, you know, <laughs> if you look at Hillary's trades, mm-hmm. her trades were, were unequivocally, I mean, you know, she put Warren Buffett to shame. Right, like they never needed to work again with how well she traded. And of course, if you look at the structure, it turns out that everybody put their money in, all the trades were made, and then afterwards, it was allocated. You know, it was allocated who had made what trade. Well, if it was that situation, that suddenly you have a lot of different reasons why maybe Hillary's trades always seem to come out on top <laughs> and better than the other people in her group. Yeah. Uh, so, I, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ways that people make money mm-hmm. uh, and retirement accounts provide 
tax advantage structures for many of those different ways. I like it. Great stuff. So I just want to cover, <laughs> I want to cover uh, the Johnny example because I think that will relate to a very large uh, portion of our audience. So Johnny, the, my co-host, is uh, he's self-employed. He's got significant, say, uh, significant six figures in earned income, which he has created through, you know, e-commerce and affiliate marketing and and uh, and lots of online content. I don't know if this matters, but he's he's a foreign resident. He's a U.S. citizen, but a foreign resident. So he's he's a uh, foreign income exclusion, uh, whatever you call it. Uh, I don't think he has anything yet. I think he was working on setting up a SEP IRA, but I don't believe he has any type of of real retirement structure set up. So what would you what would you suggest for someone like him? Run run away from the SEP. <laughs> run like you've never run before. Okay, uh, that's, a, that's a great place to start. So, right, yeah, so we'll start there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, spoken to somebody, I can totally set up a, I, I could totally set up a step for someone. Mm-hmm. I just won't mm-hmm. on principle. Mm-hmm. And so without getting too far into that, if you have a step, uh, please switch. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if you don't have a step, please don't start one. Okay, so that would be called rolling over? Like you could roll over a SEP IRA into something else? Yes. Okay, yeah, we cool. could roll this up into a regular IRA or into a, uh, a 401, um, but I, I would not want to leave it as a stuff. Okay. Um, bottom line reason, they have most of the disadvantages of an IRA with few of the advantages of the 401k. Gotcha. So that's just not like, why, why would we do that? Okay. Uh, the, but lots of active income. Uh, U.S. income exclusion. So first off, you know, what's our big picture? You know, what's our real goal with our income? Keep more of our money, mm-hmm. right? So first, don't even worry about retirement account uh, if it gets in the way of maximizing your foreign income exclusion. Mm-hmm. So if, you know, like I have an uncle in the UAE, and so, you know, there, the, there's no tax. Uh, and so he keeps as much as he can uh, that way, and, and we don't recognize a lot in the U.S. So, uh, you know, so so first we handle that, that's done. Now all of a sudden we're looking and saying, okay, we certainly have a lot more income than that to deal with it, deal with. Uh, and for the affiliate income and for other potentially service-oriented income, I would say what is already coming is just going to keep coming the way it comes. Now when it comes if there was another channel or another line that was going to be opened, we would also want to keep that in mind that the solo 401k could operate or run some new channel, not take over an existing channel, but could start some new channel using his current you know, knowledge and skill set. Uh, and that would be an interesting way to get new income that didn't have to go on his 1040 effectively. Got it. Now, at the same time, if any of that income is coming from, you know, being a physical distributor of goods, uh, which, you know, we certainly know a lot of your guys are, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's importing Yamaha receivers or whether it's, you know, uh, importing a bunch of stuff from the vineyard or, you know, or any other thing. I mean, there's these physical goods that they are either buying in bulk and then distributing to, you know, retailers mm-hmm. or they're just buying, uh, you know, sometimes you've seen one of the very large items, like a guy that, uh, he, he deals with Trackos. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Trackos are, are very large pieces of equipment and they can vary, you know, I think his average one, like three or 400 grand, uh, you know, they're, they're not cheap. And so what he has done is we've used, we, we, you know, and he gets a lot of income off that. Um, and so what we've done is structure that 
so that he can sell more of them by offering more favorable terms. And the retirement account is what draws, you know, a significant chunk of the profit off the top. Mm. Uh, so again, these different things are lowering Johnny's current annual income, but they're taking that income and they're sticking it straight to, you know, ideally the Roth side of say a 401k. Right. And, you know, that obviously works out real, real well. We don't want to lower it down when Johnny's like, man, I don't have any money anymore. But I mm-hmm. mean, if, you know, he looks down and he says, well, okay, I'm really quite happy if I had 200000 a year. And, you know, just to pick a number, we would say that there's, you know, 600000 a year worth of income. Mm-hmm. Well, then in theory, we're, you know, he's trying to find a way you know, I need my 200, but I don't need this other four. Right. How do I, as efficiently as possible, lower the tax bill on it? And usually the most efficient tool to lower the tax bill is to stick it into a retirement account. Now, when we're fighting the limit, you know, how do we deal with this limit? Mm-hmm. Well, the way that we deal with a, a limit of, you know, let's, let's say the limit for him ends up being a little over the 55000 mm-hmm. Well, you know, crap. Okay, he can stick in that much money, but now what's he supposed to do with the other three fifty? Right, and then that's where the fancy techniques come in, where you say, uh, you know, very technical word, fancy. Uh, no, <laughs> we're, we're looking at that's a great okay. word. This is know, exciting. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you know, let's, let's take this centrifuge, and you know, right now that centrifuge, effectively, when a buyer wants one, they have to pay cash, and they don't get their centrifuge for about 60 days from mm-hmm. when they pay cash because they pay cash. Then, you know, he gets it on order, it gets in, it gets through customs, and it gets sent on a truck, and it gets to the person. Mm-hmm. Well, one, I say, what if he was able to say, that? what if he was able to tell them, you know, not only do you not have to prepay for it, but after you get your centrifuge, you have 30 days to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that way you have time to get it set up running and we know everything is good. Like, I say, he'd be able to sell more centrifuges. Like, that, that, that's helpful. Even when we're talking about $100,000 items, right. that that kind of difference in terms, pay ahead and wait 60 days versus pay 30 days after, that will help him sell more. Mm-hmm. So that's a boost to business in and of itself. We'll just set that to side. But what happens when he does that is suddenly now some of that extra income that he doesn't need, we're able to take off because what will happen is the buyer will say, I agree to buy the centrifuge. And then his business will turn around and hand that paper to his retirement account. The retirement account will write him a check, not for the full price that the buyer was going to pay, but for, again, let's just for simplicity, we'll say 95% or, you know, or 90% of what, what the person was paying. And and now his business has, you know, cash in hand, and that's great. Uh, the, the centrifuge gets ordered, things get moved, client gets their stuff. 30 years later, the client pays, and then that money goes to the retirement account. The retirement account now has, you know, made the difference between what it paid Johnny, uh, you know, 90 days ago mm-hmm. and, and what it has on the check now. Wow. And so... Uh, it is a fantastic way for people who deal with physical goods. They don't even need to worry, think, or care what the annual contribution limits are because they can use an appropriate structure uh, in order to greatly dial in how much income they're actually recognizing and how much income gets passed on yeah. uh, to their retirement account. Well, it's incredible. I, I think just in, in summary there, just there's a lot you can do with, if, if you are, have earned income, you're self-employed, or you're even an employee, I think there's just a lot that you can do that most people aren't traditionally taught or or given access to. I mean, this is this entire conversation has been been so uh, eye opening to me. 
it almost makes me really want to just buckle down and, and start earning some income so I can take advantage of some of these retirement uh, retirement planning uh, tools that, that you've shared with us. Uh, I just want to uh, summarize with just a couple cu- couple real quick questions um, from our audience. Uh, Josh, thanks so much for your time, and this has been this has been awesome. We have one question from David. Uh, he just wants to know, Josh, can I do a Roth IRA for my kids? And if so, what's the youngest age? Ah, gotcha. Uh, well, I'm going to say this. Everybody loves babies. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't <laughs> love babies? So if you were to put a picture of a baby on some marketing material, you might owe that baby money for, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for modeling. So so there is no minimum age. Uh, and in fact, we have clients that do this very thing. Mm-hmm. But do keep in mind that whatever gets contributed has mm-hmm. to be earned income. And, and thus, again, you know, you, you have the baby. Uh, the baby's got to be in some marketing material realistically because that's about the only thing the baby can do to help your business. Unless crying in the background helps you get off the phone faster, maybe you can pay them for that. Uh, but, you know, kids kids these days are really technical savvy. They are. They are. I am, I got to tell you, man, my uh, 12-year-old and he is, you know, he's working on Ruby and some JavaScript and some stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, learn, learning the base and just doing all these things. My mind is blown. I have no idea where this kid came from. I am, I wasn't that smart, uh, but it, it sure is fun. It's fun to get to see them do it. And I think my, the most hilarious part of the whole thing to me was when his eight year old brother is watching him code. He's like, dad, I'm like, yeah. He's like, that's Ruby, right? I'm like, yeah. And so the eight year old goes, you said there was a language called Python. I'm like, huh? He goes, can I make a game with that? I'm like, yeah. I said, <laughs> yes. you know, and I said, you know, I said, you played Flappy Bird, right? He's uh-huh. like, yeah. I said, I said, you could like make Flappy Bird with Python at least. I know that. And so then he grins great big. And he's like, why would I deal with some stupid rock when you could be a snake? <laughs> and like, I, I just about died. I was laughing so hard. But Jeez. you know what? I mean, again, tech is fun. So he's all excited to start Python. This poor child. <laughs> Unbelievable. I'm not, sure, I'm not quite sure it's going to live up to his expectation. Uh, uh, but it was it was so funny to me that I mean you know to them this stuff was fun. This stuff is a game. Like hey, let's let's learn this thing and let's do something with. It. And so yeah, no young young age is certainly not a barrier, uh, but it does have to be earned. Gotcha. So you you are welcome to pay your kids generously, uh, but but don't go crazy. And, Very cool. Uh, then, then life is good. Great. Okay. So one other question also has into having to do with young people not as young as uh, babies or kids, but Paul wants to know what advice do you have for someone who's under 30 working nine to five uh, for the retirement planning? Uh, I guess that would just be in line with what's your general advice for someone who's an employee and what type of account or structure they should set up and how, you know, how to contribute to those. Sure. Uh, and I think that's going to come back uh, to, it's going to come back to what we started with at the beginning, right? Which is, is don't buy into that you have to have an IRA and, you know, you just start funding your IRA right away. Like, like don't do that mm-hmm. unless you have a reason. Like, because so if you're to work 30 and working nine to five, I, you have, again, you're on this podcast, you have, have drive, you have ideas, mm-hmm. you have energy. Don't throw your money into a mutual fund where the, the choices you make can't grow that money. Right. And so I would say, okay, can you use an IRA structure like, you know, or 401k structure like I would create? Sure you could, but that might not be your first step. Mm-hmm. You know, your first step is to, you know, and again, um, 
oh, I'm like, oh, Lord, Sam, I hope this doesn't conflict with anything you've said on prior episodes. <laughs> uh, but, you know, but move back and break things, right? Like, I mean, take, if you're working 39 to 5, take a couple grand and start a website and Absolutely. learn a lot. No, and, it's all, and it's all we preach. It's all we and, preach, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sweet. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, I mean, get in there and do stuff. And, and so that then when you're making more money, you know, when, when he's reached a point where I'm, you know, I'm less worried about, uh, he'll know, mm -hmm. but the retirement account, in my view, is not the first step. Okay. My, my first step is, you know, get a couple grand, get in there, make some money, do something. And then once you've done that a couple times or grown the one, you know, grown one that, that happens to work right off the bat, you know, suddenly now we're having this conversation where he says, look, I still have this job. You know, I'm 34, 35. I still have this job that I have, you know, a website or two that's making this extra money. Now, how do I save for a time? And mm -hmm. then that's a separate conversation where we say, okay, great. You know, let's create this structure. And with that structure, it can go either invest in or store, start more operations. Or if you really want to, even buy a mutual fund. Good stuff. Great advice. Josh, this has been an amazing episode. It's something we're definitely going to have to listen to multiple times. For all the listeners out there, there's a lot of questions out there that I'm sure will arise from this just make sure to email us leave it in the boss lounge or on the website on the comments and we'll make sure between um between josh and johnny and i we'll get those things answered for you josh is there anything else you want to leave the guests with uh we'll be sure to include material about you and your website but any other advice or or comments to uh, wrap up the show no, I, I appreciate it very much. Uh, I'm glad to get to be here. Uh, your your audience is, is the right kind of people. So it's a good thing. Uh, one thing we hadn't talked about uh, at all, mm -hmm. but I'm, uh, we're going to set up a, a boss link. So it'll be, you know, completeira.com slash boss. That's great. That's uh, and fantastic. I don't, I don't know when the web guys are going to do mm -hmm. that, but, but when that's up, um, yeah, it'll it'll be a discounted thing, and, and we'll include some specialized material that'll uh, be more audience specific, and we can go from there. But I appreciate it, and we haven't, you know, we didn't even touch four hundred one k loans or all uh, the other stuff. There's so or, much stuff I know. Yeah, tech, but I mean, yeah, there, there's a lot of stuff that we could drill down on. But uh, depending on what comes through the lounge. Mm -hmm. I would be very happy to either talk on more international things mm -hmm. as needed, or we can talk about, uh, okay, great, I already have a bunch of traditional money. How do I more efficiently get that money out? I like and it. So I'll uh, be separate things. Yeah, I think this is the perfect setup for a, a second round in the months ahead. But uh, until then, let's uh, let's keep the, the conversation going with the audience. Uh, feel free to also reach out to Josh and his firm directly. We'll leave all the details in the show notes. Uh, so Josh, thanks so much again, man. It's been awesome. And um, we'll call it a wrap. Excellent. Thank you, Sam. Appreciate okay. it. Take care. Phew, that was a great episode. Josh dropped so many knowledge bombs. It really got me thinking, and he's he's making me think maybe my retirement plans suck. <laughs> well, I think it was a really exciting episode because somehow retirement planning also got really interesting. Um, and what was that, about an hour, hour and a half almost? And man, I was thrilled the entire time. I actually got so much value out of it that I actually had to be wind and listen to it two or three times. I, I was, I think, I was walking back from a date here in Kiev, Ukraine, and I decided <laughs> instead of taking a taxi, let me go for the long walk just so I can listen to this episode and kind of just take mental notes on everything that he was he was talking about, especially when he broke down my personal tactics, which are going to mm -hmm. be the same for most people that's in the show 
where you're you're an entrepreneur, you're making some income, you're not working for a company, you're working for yourself, and you want to save money on taxes and not pay you know the government more than we need to. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess that brings us to what are you going to do different, if anything, Johnny? So uh, I'm definitely going to look into the solo 401k. I I understand, you know, he he was saying that there's a ton of benefits of it Mm -hmm. uh, versus the downsides to it. And now I'm actually worried because I'm looking at my wealth front, which I actually did set up a uh, an IRA, a SEP IRA. And for whatever reason, it says I have ten thousand dollars contributed to it, but I'm pretty sure I I, I only contributed five thousand five hundred because that's the limit. So mm. now I'm freaking out, thinking, did I over contribute to my SEP, or maybe is it from last year? Yeah. So I mean, I over contributed to my IRA this year because I didn't even know, right? I'm just like, I know that you can put in fifty five hundred to your IRA, so I did that. And then I talked to my accountant. He's like, no, you can't unless you have earned income. And then Josh also confirmed, like, you can't do that. So I either have to make earned income this year, which means somebody's got to pay me a check uh, or I got to create some type of revenue stream or I have to remove that. So I'm just going to leave it in there for now and then see what I can do in the next few months. So I just took a look and I think with Wealthfront, it's one of those things where they make it really confusing. This is one of the downsides to them is when they tell you to fund your account, it's not like Vanguard or uh, or mm-hmm. you know Shop or one of these other places where you first fund it into like a an account and then you invest it. Mm-hmm. With Wealthfront, as soon as you fund your account, they start buying stuff. Uh, they start kind of you know it, it just goes straight into stocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And, uh, oh, and that, I didn't realize this, yeah, so I'm gonna have that, to email that's them now. How that might yeah. play out for you. So I'm gonna have to email them and say, "Oops, I messed up. Uh, what should I do?" The only good thing is I'm uh-huh. taking a look at my dashboard, and I deposited seven. I, I deposited ten thousand dollars, and because the market is up right now, uh, I actually have ten thousand seven hundred and ninety-seven dollars in there. So I actually made eight hundred yeah. bucks, which is great from this mistake. Well, let us know how that works out. That's, that's interesting. That's an interesting case, actually. And I would also just get in contact with Josh. I'm sure he's got a lot of information about how, how these things play out because because it's a SEP, Wealthfront might let you just contribute however much you want. If you try to contribute 5000 or 50000 tomorrow, they might allow you versus a traditional IRA would only allow you to invest 5500 But anyways, uh, so, so I would definitely, if I were you, look into solo 401k because since um, in, in over the last month, I've heard a lot of people talking about that as a really good alternative for people like you that have a lot of earned income. Yeah, especially because I was looking at some of the the... the the values of it and it looks like I can contribute pretty much close to 50 grand mm-hmm. uh, which I think I'm I'm going to do because especially this year after I sold that business when I, I don't yeah. need that extra income or that extra money in the bank I think I'm going to just max that out and pay as little uh, tax as I, I could possibly pay this year. Not necessarily because I'm trying to you know save up for a lifestyle when I'm 59. Mm-hmm. It's just because it just makes financial sense. Like why would you pay an extra 25% on something that you know, you can just kind of save for later and have the full, you know, the full amount. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a good strategy. So I have something pretty exciting on my side that I'm, I'm planning on doing. Uh, and I touched on it in the episode. So I have a really good private investment opportunity through a guy who I, I was in previously involved with in a startup. They sold their company, had a big exit. Now he can't rest because he wants to get back to work. So he's starting a, a new uh, AI company artificial intelligence that I think is super, super promising. Uh, and he wants me to invest in it. So what I think I'm going to do, as I touched on the episode, is I'm going to 
I'm going to take my IRAs, I'm going to self-direct it, which we also talked about in the episode, which means I can invest in a lot more stuff than just a traditional IRA. And I'm going to make, uh, I'm basically going to take the 40K I have in the IRA, invest it into this company. So I wouldn't recommend this to anybody, but with my current situation, I think it's a pretty good opportunity because basically that's my retirement. And if you get a big multiple, it's tax-free. Uh, and if I lose it, I mean, I'm not losing, um, I'm basically losing maybe 6% a year if I keep it in, in, in funds and stuff. So for me, I think it's a cool gamble. It's a fun gamble. Uh, and it's an invest like a boss type of gamble. That, that definitely is a bossy type gamble. And this is why I was so excited to hear this interview or have him on is because he's showing us, you know, he's kind of blowing my mind. I had no idea that you can you can invest in a startup using your your, your IRA account or uh, using your retirement accounts. It makes sense. I think it's just not traditional. And this is why this podcast is so fun uh, and so kind of eye-opening is we don't have on traditional guests. Right. And we don't have traditional game plans either. <laughs> I like it. So we're going to keep this bossy. I'm glad everyone's been enjoying uh, the podcast, leaving reviews on the iTunes store. Uh, this week, actually, we got four more five-star reviews from around the world. I just sent Sam a screenshot of two of them. Uh, do, you, do you have that in front of you? Ooh, let me take a look. It's in the chat screen, but I'll go ahead and start. We have RJ Ramirez from the United States. Great investment show from guys learning it on the fly. Five stars. Totally love the show. Johnny and Sam are basically our crash test dummies. But don't get me <laughs> wrong. They know what they're doing. Great guests, fun interviews, and very honest about their experiences. I've been listening to this from the show from the beginning. I look forward to the more podcasts. Keep it up. Keep up the good work, guys. All right. We got Monique from Brazil. I'm really glad uh, I came across this podcast. Sam and Johnny have helped me to open my mind to new investments, ideas, and get me started building my future wealth. Thanks, guys. Cheers, Monique. And who else do we have? Mr. Badass 247. I like the name. Five-star review. The cool thing about this podcast is two hosts just like me and you. They're trying to figure out how to invest their hard-earned money. They bring the guests who, uh, who give them best practices in all types of investment vehicles. Then the hosts go forth investing their own money and sharing their learnings mistakes with the audience that's a great one like that mr badass i like the name uh last but not least we have kim jams from the philippines good practical advice five stars sam and johnny seem like good guys they sound like people you can relate to if you're starting out as an entrepreneur slash investor they also give a good idea of what it's like to succeed on their level they're definitely an inspiration for me so thanks everyone so much for taking the time to do the reviews uh for subscribing to the show and for telling your friends about that's like a boss this is how we can continue to grow it get more listeners get on you know even even more better guests uh mm -hmm. and continue to do the show and and every month uh starting so next week we're actually going to give away another 25 dollars amazon gift card if you guys have left a review just send a screenshot in just so we have your email address and we know uh that you sent one and we'll put you in a drawing to get a 25 dollars amazon gift card just go to invest like a boss.com click on bonus and you have the instructions there and guys, speaking of great guests, the next three weeks are going to be amazing. So we have Simon Black coming on next week. We have uh, Gregor from Silver Bullion. So we're going to focus pretty heavily on those two episodes on buying precious metals, buying gold, storing it overseas, how to hold it, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And then early September, we have uh, the CEO of Betterment coming on. So we're super excited to talk to him about robo-investing and um, tax off harvesting and how these modern platforms can really help the average investor to beat their own mm, 
<laughs> investments by managing it themselves, I guess. I love it. I'm so excited for all these guests coming on. It's it's fun in this going on this journey with you. I I, th- I think mm-hmm. we're all gonna make a lot of money from this, and we're definitely gonna learn a lot and get connected with a ton of smart people and increase our education and investment. So thanks everyone for listening. Sam, enjoy Budapest. I'm gonna enjoy the rest of Ukraine and I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Best Like a Boss podcast. Join our mailing list at investlikeaboss.com to get exclusive access to our insider investment portfolios and our private members forum. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Tell your friends and leave us a review in the iTunes store. It helps more than you know. See you guys next week.